Travel Squad podcast. We're four friends that grew up together in the same small town. We followed each other to San Diego, and now we adventure the world together. One passport stamp at a time. We're here to share our travel stories and inspire you to go on your own adventures. Even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. Kim. And I'm Dana. And And we're we're the Travel Squad podcast. So grab your ticket, your passport, and don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hola, viajeros! Welcome to episode seven of the Travel Squad podcast. Today we are traveling to Cuba. Today is a really special day. We have our first special guest on our podcast, Jordan. Jordan. Hey, Jordan. Yay. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, this is the first time I've seen Jordan since the trip. And this is... Oh my God, seriously? Yeah, I haven't seen him since the trip. I got stuck in Cuba. Reunion. It wasn't as easy to get uh, cleared by. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. Thank you. So... We took this trip a little over two years ago in March of 2017 when the borders were still open to U.S. citizens. I don't know if they are anymore. Yeah, they are. They're not. Well, I know with the new administration taking place in Washington right now that they have made it more restrictive than it was when you guys had gone. They eased the requirements for visas, but now they've made it a little bit more restrictive. But with anything, there's always some wiggle room and ways around it. I mean, yeah. cruise ships are still going to Cuba, so... You can still go through Mexico or Canada. Yeah, you've yeah. always been able to do that. We first looked at getting tickets from Tijuana to fly into Havana, but Kim found some super cheap flights from San Diego, red-eye flight from San Diego to Fort Lauderdale, and then from Fort Lauderdale, it's like, what, a 45-minute flight into Havana. Yeah, and then right there in Fort Lauderdale, you can purchase your visa, so you get off the plane, buy your visa from some guy standing there, not even in a booth just with a clipboard (laughs) real simple for you and then you jump right on the next plane the same area well just so our listeners have a little bit of preface and context Brittany and i didn't go on this one with you guys Boo, you didn't. Well, you guys had scheduled it right around the time Brittany and I had another vacation. And so we just couldn't do two big ones Mm -hmm. that close in succession. But I've heard so much about this trip that I'm kind of jealous that I didn't make it. But I'm really excited to hear more in depth with kind of everyone who was there. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. Just even chit-chatting right now, Jordan's bringing back memories that I didn't even know I had. (laughs) Yes. And we all like did different things. We weren't always all together because we went with two other girls that were Zena's friends. So before we get into the trip, can you guys tell us a little bit about what are the absolute must-knows before you go to Cuba? Number one is do not count on having internet. Or any phone service in that matter, not just internet. No service at all. No service. Basically, your phone is a camera and that's it. They do sell internet cards, but they're really hard to find and they charge you. They're not expensive, a couple dollars. It was like $10, but for what, 30 minutes? Yeah, we only for 30 to, like, minutes. Hotel, like lobbies or the park when we were in Havana, you go to that one park. Yeah, the whole week we were there, we only got internet maybe two or three times did you for guys, 30 minutes. Did you guys buy cards then? Yes. Am in I- some places, in a bar, you can get a drink and they'll give you a card too. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, a, yeah. what a deal. Yeah. Any yeah. internet cafes? No. no. It was okay. either like hotels or... A little store you buy it in and go to a park where yeah, they have there, it. There was like certain Wi-Fi hotspots. But uh, they weren't that hot. The Wi-Fi wasn't good. <laughs> and you know when, when you're near a hotspot because everyone has their phone out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of buying things, how do you purchase things in Cuba? The ATMs do not work. For Americans. Yeah, exactly. Your American debit card will not work. But no, credit cards, anything linked to America won't. They don't even yeah. really like American cash. They charge you like a 10% fee to... Plus the conversion rate. Mm-hmm. We had to go to hotels to get our money exchanged. But all other countries' debit cards do work, just not Americans. That is the one thing, too. Like My view of it was going to be like you expected to be so like cut off from everybody and then like right when you get there every other country is in there it's like hustle and bustle there's all these like tall hotels and it's just like it's really just them in america that like don't have any kind of work yes yeah so before you go on your trip do you have to have all of your money converted in cuban currency before you enter the country 
I took American dollars. And then just when we went into the hotel, the places where you could convert, that's where I converted the American dollars. So you cannot go into Cuba without money. Don't rely on your debit cards. You need to take cash with you and you can get it exchanged once you're there. No ATMs. No ATMs. No ATMs. I just want to reiterate. Unless you have an ATM card from another country. Right. And then also just to touch base on what Brittany was saying, what should you know about Cuba? The Cuban people are so friendly. They love Americans. Yeah, which is, it's just so interesting, you know, because it is a communist country and they're some of the happiest people that I've ever met and no one speaks English. And yeah, they're all really friendly. Yeah. Yeah. The only people that don't like you talking to Americans is the cops. Yeah, the cops are weird. We have a few stories about run-ins with police. Yeah. The other thing you should know about Cuba that's also a little weird is the food situation. The restaurants. Terrible. They have okay food in some places, but the convenience stores, you can't rely on a convenience store to go in and grab like a granola bar or something like you would here. They're not stocked like that. There'd be like shelves of mayonnaise and nothing else. I remember we went in once trying to find something and it was impossible. They did have really stale ass graham crackers. (laughs) Oh, were they in like a yellow package? I think so. I probably still have some in my cupboard because they were really (laughs) gross. But when you get hungry and there's no food to buy, they're really handy. And I think I paid like two cooks for it. But it was funny because one of the girls that was with us, she doesn't speak any Spanish. So I think she paid like five cooks for it. And when she asked me how much I paid and I said two, she got like super mad. But I spoke Spanish and she didn't. So they hustled her. But that's Cuba for sure. Like the prices, that's what we were talking about before we started with like getting the cabs. Like every time we got in a cab, unless we negotiated the fare up front, like there was no baseline for what the cost is going to be. And doesn't Cuba have two different types of currencies? I mean, they really do have two different kinds of currency, but the only one you're ever going to see is the CUC. The CUP is like a local currency and the denominations are way smaller. Like one CUC is equivalent to like $1.33 American and one CUP, which is the local currency, is equivalent to like a peso. So like 20 to 1 on American dollars. But you're you're never going to get that money to spend as a tourist. But what I did read before we went there, I never saw it happen, was that they said people will exchange the CUP dollar bills for CUC. So they'll basically give you worthless money and take your expensive money if you're a tourist and you're not paying attention mm-hmm. when you're converting money with people. They do have different prices for the locals. Before we kick it off onto the trip, I wanted to say how we ended up on this trip together. And just to show you that you can really travel with anybody. It doesn't have to be just your best friends or whoever else that you're planning a trip with. So Zaina said that, how did you end up on this trip? I was planning a trip with Isel. Isel and I go way back. We used to live overseas, not together, but together at the same time. And we were planning this trip to Cuba. And I made the comment that we're going to Cuba when you and I were in the backseat of Jamal and Brittany's car when we were driving back from the Grand Canyon. And Kim said... I want to go. And I said, Just jump in there. Cool. <laughs> you should go. So then Kim invited Jordan and all of a sudden it became a group trip. I kind of invited myself to be honest. <laughs> uh, we were just like up talking yeah, after like, everyone went to bed. Paper. Yes. And it was like going to Cuba. There's going to be a bunch of classic cars. And he's like, I want to go. And we're like, all right. Now Jordan's coming. (laughs) Now Jordan's on our podcast talking about Cuba. Yay, our first guest. (laughs) (laughs) So when we landed in Cuba, we already had an Airbnb. That's one of the things maybe that you should know is at the time that we went, hotels weren't really prevalent. It was really Airbnbs. So it was Jordan, Kim, and I that landed in Havana. And Isel and her sister were already there at the Airbnb. And the lady sent me a message saying that she has a friend who's going to pick us up from the airport. So he picked us up, but he would, we couldn't get into the car with him because they're not allowed to pick people up from the airport. You have to take a taxi. He basically wasn't like a registered taxi. Right. Exactly. And so since he's not a registered taxi, he cannot pick us up. So we had to walk outside of the airport so he could pick us up on the side of the road. And when he picked us up on the side of the road, 
I guess the cops were nearby mm-hmm. and they saw us. It's all like a scam together. You could tell for sure. Like he pulled over that little separation where that driver was. And they say, you know, there was a couple of cops that pulled up and he's like, he's like, asking us if we, if we knew him. Yes. And I felt so uncomfortable because they were asking me in Spanish and I knew what they were saying, but I don't want to lie because this is Cuba. I'm not looking to go to jail and I don't know this guy. But I also don't want him to go to jail or have anything happen. So they're asking me in Spanish, do you know this guy? Did he just pick you up? And I just looked at them and I said, oh, I don't, I don't speak Spanish. I don't understand, you know. But I know that that guy knew that I spoke Spanish because I had already spoken Spanish with him. And I think he was looking at me to save him. But it was so uncomfortable. And we didn't even know right off the bat that anything was going on because we were so excited to be around the old classic cars that Kim and I are having a photo shoot. (laughs) (laughs) This guy. We actually, (laughs) we have pictures of us posing in front of this classic car and the guy and the cop are arguing in the background. (laughs) We had no idea what was going on. And someone finally pointed out the fact that like, uh uh-oh, I think this guy's getting in trouble. And that's when we kind of calmed down on our photo shoot. And that was our first 20 minutes in the country. So they ended up not letting us go with that guy. And then they called a taxi and they made sure that we got into the taxi that they called. And so we got into the the taxi and then Jordan asked the cab driver, where can we get beer? So (laughs) it's the most important thing. It really is. He's beer 30. Yeah. Yeah. So then we asked him, can we drink the beer in the car? And he said, oh, absolutely. And then Jordan offered him a beer. And he said, no, I'm driving. (laughs) So they do stay safe. Way to be responsible, driver. (laughs) Right? So he took us to the Airbnb and like legit, this is like the first hour in Cuba. We're already partying in the car after watching our initial driver get in trouble with the cops for picking us up. So whatever happened to him? Because he was your Airbnb host's friend friend, friend. or family member. Yeah. So did you ever figure out what happened to him? I don't know what happened. But when we got there, I told the lady and I told her what happened. And she looked sad, but she told me, don't worry about it. Like, it's unfortunate that that happened, but don't worry. And I apologized. And she said, no, please don't worry. And I have no idea what happened. Some questions you just don't ask. I know, right? (laughs) We're in Cuba. (laughs) That really set our Cuba trip up. It really followed that same path throughout the whole week we were there in many different ways. Just for the record, this episode is a big party episode. (laughs) (laughs) So after we get into the Airbnb, we chill for a minute and then we're like, let's go explore the area. And so what the area, what was the area called that we were staying in? Vedado. And this was like the rich area. And it's along the Malacan, so you can walk and it's on the water and it's really pretty. This classic cars driving by. We're just like starry eyed from all these beautiful like old American cars that are literally everywhere. What's the Malacan? It's the walk along the water, like oh, a so boardwalk. Yeah, promenade. Yes. Oh, okay. Very nice. Yeah. And it's basically like the old like, Bay of Pigs right there. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, because that's like yes, where it was. A little history lesson. <laughs> <laughs> now we have, we have a new Mr. Historian yeah. in town, Ooh. our first guest. Smaller cap, though, you know what I mean? I'm only here for one episode. So we're walking along the Malacan. We find a little bar restaurant where they're playing music, and it's all outdoors. So we're like, hey, let's get some beer. At <laughs> <laughs> this point, I know you said you went to the Airbnb, but you have met up with Isel and her sister. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. So when we got there, we did what we knew how to do best. We drank. We sat there for a while talking to the Cubans. We met this couple that was there with their kids and it was the guy's birthday. Sorry, before we met them, Jordan was talking with a group of dudes and one of the <laughs> girlfriends of the dudes started to hit on Jordan. Oh, yeah, hardcore. Oh, I forgot. Oh, my yes. God. <laughs> so Jordan is oh, getting my. hit on by a girl right in front of her boyfriend and we're drinking, drinking, <laughs> drinking. And Jordan is just talking with everyone. He ropes social. in this couple that was there with their kids. Mm-hmm. And the guy was really cool, was chill, whatever we're drinking. His wife was really cool. She said she was some kind of like... Engineer, right? Well, that, but then like intrinsically, she was like a fortune teller, energy reader, kind of... I don't know. Some of it was on, some of it was 
a little scary. Yeah. So for Kim, she said that (laughs) I will be introducing Kim to the love of her life. And it's going to be an older guy, but it is me who will introduce Kim. So at this point in time, I have not introduced Kim to an older man. <laughs> if you're out there and you know Zayna and you're older, hey. Please let me know. Sugar daddy. <laughs> and then for Isel, she kept looking at Isel and telling her to be careful, really and specifically to like... Um, not get pregnant. Exactly. And Isel is just like, what the hell, dude? And then for me, she said that... I already know the love of my life, but give it time and he'll come around. And I told her, but he's getting married. And she said, don't worry, give it time and he'll come around because ultimately he's the one that you're going to be with. And so I think that she was able to pick up on all the things that we were talking about and yeah. make some kind of prophecy based on the energy she, she was picking yeah, up on. Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, we're all really drunk and... That's him, yeah. Yeah, you got a photo with him because it was his birthday. So we're like, hey, we're going to go to dinner. We just got here. We're hungry. Do you want to go to dinner with us? And then we're like, oh, crap. We didn't mean to actually like accidentally say we're going to pay for your dinner. We we had no idea how much things were costing at that point. We didn't so we're even like, volunteer oh. to pay for dinner. No, it was, it just, was, it more was th- that misconception of like we're, we're generally just used to being like, hey, do you want to go, go to, to dinner. dinner with us? And assuming that everybody's going to pay their own way and then not thinking about that. We're like, hey, you want to go to dinner? And what we're going to spend on dinner is like what he said his wife made in a month. Because Yeah, we had no idea. That, well, he said his wife made 20 or $30 a month. She had then, a really great job, but she right, hardly she made like any engineer. money. And remember, yeah. like the cab drivers we met, they were saying they were making like $200 a week. And that's what they were saying. They're like nobody wants to be engineers or doctors or anything like that because you're making a tenth mm-hmm. of what the cab drivers are making. And you're going to school and all this to do everything like that. Well, I just remember when, when we had said, hey, you should come to dinner with us, he looked at us and he was just so touched that we asked him to dinner and he's like, really? And so for us, like, yeah, come to dinner with us. It's cool. And then <laughs> the fact that he was so touched cued us on to the fact that, holy shit, we just invited this guy to dinner and we have no <laughs> idea what kind of uh we don't know what food is out there we don't know what food prices are like this is the first day how much money are we about to spend so then we came up with an excuse that we weren't going to go to dinner and the funny thing was is the restaurant that we ate at everything cost two dollars no. <laughs> but not before jordan gave him twenty dollars because he felt super bad well it was also his birthday and it was a touching moment. I it was think a touching moment. He was crying. He did. Yeah. He cried. $20 was a lot of money for the guy. So we went to dinner and I remember that everything was pretty much like two or three dollars. I sell ordered spaghetti. Well, first of all, th- there's not that much on the menu. This is where we realize this is the food in Cuba. Yeah. It's pretty much jamón and queso, which is <laughs> cheese and ham. Everything and is jamón and queso. Pizza, spaghetti, and you're like, whoa, where's the Cuban food? So none of the food was good until Terrible. I... Yeah, and then I sell <laughs> gets her food, and she paid $1.50 for spaghetti, and the spaghetti that she paid $1.50 for could have fed eight people it was the biggest plate of spaghetti that you've ever seen. And then she also got a pizza to take home for her sister because her sister didn't come with us. She paid, what, $2 for the pizza? And it was the biggest fucking pizza that you've ever seen in your life. But it wasn't good. No. <laughs> had so many pizzas there and they were all frozen pizzas that weren't defrosted. <laughs> yeah, they like weren't cooked yeah, right. There's yeah. something in the dough that was like sketchy. Like water. The next day when we had lunch, we went to someone's home and they open up their home and like you pay about $10 for a meal. That's right. We did do that. And it was the best meal that we've ever had. So you can find a lot of Cubans who open their home to make meals for tourists. And that food is really, really good. So obviously they're getting rationalized food from the government, but you aren't going to buy this food in the store. You have to either go to someone's house or get not that great food at restaurants. Hey squaddies, we want to share one of our favorite travel products with you. Liquid IV is a category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being while traveling. One stick fits into 16 ounces of water to give you three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks and hydrates you two times faster than water alone. Their half ounce hydration multiplier powder packet is the one product you need in every suitcase, carry-on, and day pack. 
We use it while flying on planes because flights can be so dehydrating. We use it when we feel jet lagged, when we're out on a hike, and after a long night out that has us feeling worn out. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. Liquid IV also now comes in 12 delicious and refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. Our favorites are the lemon lime and tangerine with immune support. It's made with premium ingredients, all non-GMO and gluten, dairy, and soy free. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use Travel Squad Podcast at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code TRAVELSQUADPODCAST at liquidiv.com. Hey squaddies, let's take a quick detour to talk about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We just launched several new international trip itineraries, including Tulum and Japan. This is on top of the itineraries we already have for U.S. trips like the Hawaiian island of Kauai, the U.S. Virgin Islands, as well as national park trip itineraries, including Utah's Mighty Five National Parks and a week at Grand Teton and Yellowstone. These fully built out 20 to 30 page PDF guides are available for instant download on our site right now. Every detail of the trip is laid out for you. So all you have to do is download, book, show up, and have fun. The itineraries tell you where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, driving distance between attractions, the things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, their mileage, and the time to allot for each one. And believe it or not, so much more. Be sure to head over to TravelSquadPodcast.com to download your very own comprehensive travel itinerary today. So that night after dinner, when we went back to the hotel or the Airbnb, what did you tell me, Jordan? Do you remember? Uh, probably not. It uh, was the first night and we wanted oh, to go back to that Canon place. Say fuck it, it's the first night. Yes, you, you did. Yes, you did. That's exactly what you said. Also not always recommended on a vacation. I mean, for me it is, but sometimes going hard that first night really put a damper on the rest of your vacation. Mm, I think it was good. I think it was good for us. Yeah. So we, earlier in the day, we had saw this like big stone building on the Malacan. We're like, what is this? It looks like medieval. And we didn't really know. We were like, they were starting to set up a tent outside and we were like, oh, that's weird. Well, later that night we go back to that place. I don't even know how, why we went back there, but oh, maybe we asked someone. like, go back there at night. And he said, he told us it's a nightclub. Yeah. And he was like, got hit by a cannon. Back in the Bay of Pigs, they're like, they really did fire cannons at it. So that's why it looks like it did get hit by a cannonball because it did. And then he's like, (laughs) yeah, it's a nightclub at night though. We're like, sold. So we went back and it was pretty crazy in there. Yeah. You go up these like concrete stairs and you're in there. There's cannons in there. And it's just one side is the bar. The other side is the dance floor. And they're playing American music and they have lights going it's everywhere. Like a fortress. It's like Hakazan. But this is just Jordan and Kim, right? So me, yeah. Isel, and her sister are in bed asleep. So the next morning when we wake up, Kim and Jordan are like, dude, we went out partying at this <laughs> club that has cannons in it. And Kim pulls out her phone and she basically had a photo shoot with all these cannons <laughs> in a club. And what else did we have a photo shoot with? Payphones. Yeah. Yes. 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 Because yes. we were like, we haven't seen payphones in 10 years. What is this thing? Yeah. So we just sat there and had a little photo shoot. And now it's funny. It's like an inside joke. Whenever we travel, we text each other pictures of us in payphones. Yes. You sent me one when you were in Italy. So you guys are still in Havana. Then, yes. We still mm-hmm. are in Havana. And that is day one. Day two yeah, is day me waking one. up to Kim's pictures with her cannons. Okay. Did you guys do anything touristy? Or yep, was it on, more really on day two. Going out and partying? Nope, day, day two. one we partied. Okay. Day two we were tourists. Excellent. From where we are in Vedado, it was like a little bit of a drive, maybe 15 minutes to Old Town Havana. And so we took a classic car taxi, our first one, Hey-o. moving Ooh. and grooving <laughs> along the Malacan. We get there and we get the hop on, hop off bus tour. It takes you around the city. You can hop on and hop off. And so we hopped off at this place that was like the tallest building in Havana and had 360 degree rooftop bar vibes. But it was a museum. (laughs) (laughs) It was the monument to Jose Marti and it's the best view of the entire area. It was a really great view. You can see the whole city and the ocean out behind it. There are a lot of skyscrapers in Havana. Definitely more historic vibe skyscrapers than like modern New York mm-hmm. cities. I would say maybe in the design in the sense of they were just, yeah, not so perplexed with the architectural, but 
definitely newer buildings and also extremely expensive because I remember remember we tried to go on the one where we were getting the taxi and I had to buy the shirt because mm-hmm. I couldn't go in without the shirt. <laughs> um, Jordan likes to not wear a t-shirt. It's hot. <laughs> it was really hot. But I mean, the rooms were like for like a three bedroom room. I mean, which obviously is a large hotel room, but I think it was like a thousand CUC. So $1,300 American a night would have been the cost. Even one room though was $300 American in the mm-hmm. hotels. But that's all I was saying like with the cars and like down all around all those hotels, there was a lot more, I guess, just economy than like we expect. I mean, me personally, I expected that there would be. I expected the whole thing would just be kind of like this third world situation. Yeah, that's what I thought and, too. Obviously, the old cars were there, but then there was also a lot of newer cars, but they were made in like Switzerland or like India, things Mm -hmm. like that. The big thing is that when you are downtown and you're looking at these monuments, again, everything is in Spanish. You know, like when you go to touristy places, they have a translation of English underneath to explain to you what's going on with this monument. And they just don't have anything in English. And they do talk a lot faster there, too. Remember, and then it's like if you didn't understand something or you asked them what, like they would just... Either not even like you asked them something or they would just reiterate it, but even faster. And it's like, I didn't get it the first time. I need help. (laughs) Jordan's really good with his numbers in Spanish, by the way. Yeah, Jordan's good with the numbers. Zaina's good with the words. So what you guys made a good what? Equipaje. So we did. Okay, so I'm good good with the Spanish. I'm good with understanding. I'm good with speaking. But when numbers came up, like especially for taxis or negotiations or anything like that, I freeze. I am not good with numbers, but Jordan gets it. So Jordan and I were like always side by side figuring out this whole negotiation thing. And I remember telling someone that we are an equipaje. And in Spanish, I'm (laughs) thinking equipaje is team. And so the entire trip, we're telling everyone that we are in equipaje. And it's not until we got on the flight home that I hear the airplane announcement letting you know to put your luggage in the overhead bin. And she says the equipaje <laughs> in the overhead bin. And it dawns on me that equipaje is luggage and equipo <laughs> is team. So we made a very good equipo and no one told us that we were not in equipaje. They were like, okay, all right, you guys are good luggage. Yeah, so, good do your thing. <laughs> Top notch. No, they probably just thought you were baggage. <laughs> oh, but good baggage. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's a good one. The hop on, hop off tour bus really surprised me that they had something like that, but it was really cool and it was an awesome way to see the city. I remember at one point we were driving and there's trees around and there's a low hanging branch and we had to duck (laughs) because it came out of nowhere and it was pretty much ready to decapitate anyone in its path (laughs) so some guy lost his hat because he didn't duck fast enough (laughs) i kind of remember that and i remember Isel was sitting next to this guy and she kept talking to him. And this is the night after oh, she got yeah. her fortune. Get married right there. Right? Like, you be careful, be, be careful. careful. And Isel keeps talking <laughs> with this guy and this guy is flirting with her. So I look over at Isel and I'm like, girl, be careful. <laughs> be careful, <laughs> man. Random question on the hop on, hop off. Did you get a sense of if a lot of the tourists were Americans or from a lot of other countries more specifically? Definitely Europe. Okay. Yeah, like a lot of people seem like they were from like Sweden on somewhere. Germany. Like, yeah, a lot of like definitely fair skinned mm-hmm. tourists there. I mean, obviously they were tourists, but it seemed like they were like people from their countries were there a lot more often than the Yeah, United there was States. a it lot of Europeans. It wasn't like a, such a, a foreign thing. It was just another place to go. The other thing too is you know when someone first got to Cuba because they are all over taking pictures of the classic cars. After a few days, you kind of get used to it and you get over it. But when you first get there, all you want to do is take pictures. That was my favorite part of Cuba is all those cars. Yeah. They're so cool. cool. They had ones that were really nice and ones that were still working on. Well, they've been working on for a long time. 50-ish years. (laughs) (laughs) So you you would see people working on cars all over the street, too. Yeah. And that was the other thing, too, though, is you never knew... Some of the cars that looked really nice on the outside, like were the cars that broke down or were broken down when you went to take them also. 
so day two, later that evening, we went to the bus station and it is the Via Zul station. It's located at Venita 26 and Avenida Zoologico. And you need to book your tickets to go someplace one or two days in advance. And we wanted to go to Trinidad the next day, but because we waited until the last minute, they sold out. So if you wait until the last minute, they will sell out. So we had to negotiate for a taxi to take us down to Trinidad. And Trinidad is a colonial town about 315 kilometers from Havana, and it is in the center of Cuba. You didn't have mom and dad with you? No. Planning out that bus ticket? Oh, you would have been so disappointed in us, you guys. (laughs) If we would have bought the ticket online, we would have had to do it several weeks before, actually. So it's very hard to get a bus ticket. We couldn't get it from any of our routes, and so... Keep that in mind when you're in Cuba. Don't always rely on the bus. So how long did it take by taxi? I think it took us about five five hours. hours. We stopped, what, one time on the way there? Yeah, so the night before, Jordan went out there and sourced a cab for us and arranged for them to come in the morning and pick us up like at 6 a.m. Yeah, I think so. After... Zena, Isel, her sister, and myself went back to the same nightclub. This is St. Patty's Day 2017. We partied like crazy at the Cannon Club. I got my pictures with that Cannon. And it was. And the just, pimp that was there. Then we met a pimp there. He walked us home. Gentlemen. He was. He kept. Ta- I know. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. He kept. Ta- he was like in love with Kim and he kept telling me she needs to learn Spanish. She, she needs to yeah, learn Spanish. Yeah, so he, we end up going back home very late and then getting up for the cab at six in the morning when it comes to get us only it's not the cab we ordered because we have five people and five pieces of equipaje and (laughs) (laughs) the cab that shows up is a much smaller cab that's the thing. We're five people, you guys. We are five people and we have five luggages. So when Jordan did the negotiations for our taxi, he made it clear that we need a big taxi. And they're like, oh, no, no problem. No problem. This is the car that we're going to pick you up in. The thing about the Cuban people is they are very honest. They are very friendly and they want to help you. And although I've stressed that they don't speak English and that nothing's in English, communicating with them is not a problem because they're so friendly. So even though we ordered the big taxi, their taxi broke down that night. And so they showed up with a tiny little cab (laughs) at the exact same time that they assured us that they would pick us up at and at the address. Like they're reliable. It's pretty funny too. You're like, okay, yeah, pick me up at this address at six in the morning. Like you wouldn't do that at many other countries, but then like they did show up. It was crazy. Yeah. And that's how it was the whole trip. So tell us a little bit about the taxi ride from Havana to Trinidad. It was the worst. <laughs> the worst. It was so bad. Okay, so I slept the off, whole time. Well, we partied all night and we lost a set of keys. So as we were trying to leave the Airbnb, the host comes out to let us know that there is a set missing. So Jordan and I go inside to try to find the keys, which eventually we found under a comforter. I don't know. But by the time we get out, Kim, Isel, and her sister are in the back seat. <laughs> Jordan and I are the biggest people there. And I'm talking like, you know, we've got some height on us. And, and this some is girth. <laughs> so I sit in the middle, in the front, and Jordan sits in the passenger seat. And this the is the three of us are in the back seat with a huge piece of luggage on top of us. Not that huge. We like carry on size. We it couldn't fit huge. all the luggage in the car. Yeah. Well, we couldn't even fit it in the trunk. Remember, he tried to put it in the trunk and they had to tie the trunk open with our luggage minus Kim's luggage, which they had to put on their lap in the back because this car was much smaller than the car we had negotiated the day before. And it's a stick car. Yeah, it was manual. So every time. The, the driver moved the stick. It was up against my leg. So I kept scooting onto Jordan. And Jordan and I are sitting on top of each other. Well, our legs were literally like, you know when you're on an airplane and you sit next to somebody and the plane's full and your legs are touching the whole time and it's disgusting? I mean, like, luckily I know Zana, but it was driving through the rainforest. It was extremely hot. It was like 90% humidity, like 90 degrees outside. Our legs are touching. My legs pressed up against this door. Like, we're getting no airflow. The girls are in the back, like, with their legs, like, spread open. 
complaining that they have a suitcase on their legs and that they're uh, cold yeah. and we're I was freezing. Uh, the window was hitting right on me and I was under a sweater <laughs> but shivering. But nobody wanted to change to the front. They weren't that cold. Right? <laughs> and so Jordan and I are literally sweating on top of each other. I don't know what is my sweat and I don't know what is Jordan's sweat. Should have got beers for that cab ride for sure. Oh my gosh. The other thing too is that Jordan and I were very respectful because you know, like when you're sitting up against someone and your arms are kind of squished in between each other. So Jordan would take a moment to put his left hand or his left arm, stretch it out on the seat. And then he would go back and squinch himself up so I can put my right arm over the seat and stretch out. <laughs> and it was just rotating. It was uncomfortable. We it, get it. It was so <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. yeah. But hey, we got to Trinidad. But we got there. Well, and then when we got there. The guy couldn't find the address. He had the address, remember? And Trinidad is a is a very colonial town. It's very, very pretty. The buildings are cute, but they're cobblestone streets. Right. So we're in this 50s classic car, in a tiny car squished in there, trucking down these cobblestone streets, searching for the place, because it's not that big, but it's somewhere around. So we finally find it. And the guy's not there. It's an Airbnb. So we're trying to figure out a way to call him. We get the taxi driver to call him. And that's when Zayna has a freak out. <laughs> so guys, <laughs> I get terrified of speaking Spanish on the phone. I don't know what it is, but I clam up and I just can't do it. So everyone kind of looks at me to call the Airbnb host and I'm ready to burst into tears and cry. And Jordan's like, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> and he totally He's good with his out. numbers. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I don't know how many numbers I said on that call, but more of the story, he definitely found out that we were the Airbnb guests and came down and let us in. And, and then he had some drinks I with wish. us. Then he did have some drinks He was us. very cool. Then after that, right after we dropped our stuff off, we went and walked around like right after and so mm-hmm. we got more terrible pizza. Yeah. And then we came back like an hour later <laughs> and we were like, and we were like, has somebody been in the house? And then we like found that guava juice like yep. in the fridge. And we were like, I think they were He here. left like, guava juice yeah. for us. And then they gave us the option of buying breakfast the next morning because they go out to buy the, the food. Exactly. Yeah. The night before. <laughs> and then we paid $5 and we ate like kings and queens. The night. And he would wake us up in the two mornings that we were there. He let himself into the house yeah. and would come in and say good morning and start cooking us breakfast. Yeah. And it was the best thing we ate the whole time. It's no breakfast buffet, but it'll do. <laughs> it was really good. And they also, um, he had coffee. We were able to buy coffee from yeah, him bought, at a really cheap price. Coffee? I bought coffee and it was so good. I didn't drink coffee at the time. Now I do. And I feel like, wow, some major FOMO action going on. I didn't on. drink coffee at the time either. And kind of a little FOMO action also. Oh, you guys yeah, missed out. What made you guys <laughs> decide to go to Trinidad? What was there that you specifically saw that said, we need to go to Trinidad? I'm so glad you asked, Jamal. <laughs> there was only one thing in Trinidad in our research beforehand that made us really want to go to Trinidad. And I think it might have been my idea, but it's called Disco Ayala, and it's a fucking party in a cave, in a real cave. It was amazing. You get a, f- it's um, five cooks cover charge, and it includes one drink. It opens around 11 p.m. (laughs) People usually show up around midnight, though. They have five dance floors inside this cave and three bars. But to get there, you have to hike up a hill for 30 minutes. There's bars along the hill, though. So you can get a $1 mojito and then keep going along the mountain. Uh Yeah. So the mojitos are one cook. The closer you get to the club, they start to charge you two or three. Pro tip, speak Spanish. stock up on your way up the mountain. Exactly. But <laughs> if you speak Spanish, negotiate. Pretty yeah, much. pretty much. These aren't like real bars, right? These are like... Lemonade stands. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. So then you go into the club, you go down some stairs. And like I said, there's like five dance floors, three bars. You get your free drink. You can smoke cigarettes in there and it is hot as fuck. It's so hot. Oh, my goodness. And Jordan was like drinking vodka straight out of the vodka bottle the entire way up. I was drinking vodka the whole day. (laughs) And then I think I might have walked to the club. God, no, but we got there together. Maybe it was on the way back down. Yeah, I think you left. I did leave because I was overheating. I thought I was going to die. I can only wring my shirt and my hair out so many times at that point. (laughs) 
Yeah, I remember you saying you thought you were going to die and you were going to go back <laughs> to the Airbnb because I was outside with Isel getting air because... Oh, yeah. I remember when I walked out, you guys were like doing this move, fanning yourself if you can't. Obviously, you can't see. Um, <laughs> when you drink that much alcohol and you are in that hot of a place, because remember, you are in a cave. There's no capacity. So people just keep coming in and keep coming yeah, in. Yeah, there's no fresh air. So you have to keep stepping outside. And so Jordan made the comment that he's leaving because he just can't handle the heat anymore. So we took a (laughs) selfie with Jordan in case he disappeared so we can have a last picture with Jordan. So funny that you say that, though, because I actually did almost disappear that night. I thought I was going to because (laughs) it's a long walk back to the house. And then how we like were saying earlier that when our cab got to Trinidad, he was having a hard time find our address because it was like a half address or some, I don't know, some weird Cuban thing I'm not very fluent with. (laughs) <laughs> but I tried to find it. I'm walking up and down these streets. This drunk, like pasty white person at like who knows what time. After a while, these cops pull up to me and they ask me what I'm doing. I keep telling them the address that we're trying to go to. Not sure if it was the right address or not. <laughs> well, then they end up putting me in the car and I'm like so drunk. I'm like, oh, this can't be that bad of an idea. Well, like an hour goes by it. They drive me around these streets and we can't find it. And it's like getting to the end of these cops' patience. <laughs> And we literally just drive down the street and the place is like right on the right hand side. I tell these cops, I go to get out. They don't believe me. I unlock the door. Then I go inside, not thinking about it. Come back outside to smoke a cigarette and these cops are waiting there still because I didn't give them any money. So luckily though, I gave them like $20. I had my sock and... They went on their merry way, and then I think I passed out on the couch in the living room. We came home probably around 4 or 5 in the morning, and yes, I can confirm you were passed out on the couch. I'm a big couch dweller. <laughs> See, you were telling that story, and you said earlier about the cops being weird, and I was thinking to myself, look at these nice cops having patience, taking them around. <laughs> in Trinidad, sure the cops were a lot different, though, than they were in Havana. Yeah. And then they, um, I don't want to say hustled, but they expected something. Oh, the end. yeah. $20 will get you out of a lot in Cuba. I mean, yeah, that's like we said, that engineer's salary for the month. Yeah. The other things we ran into with cops were just the way they interact with Americans is strange and the Cubans. So they don't like Cuban people talking to Americans yes. at all for sure because for whatever reason if they don't want them to express their discontent and or try and get some kind of insight from you about how America is. Yeah, so that's why they probably gave him the ride. They didn't want anyone else to. We right. would have them stop our cabs often. They would pull the cabs over to make sure they were legit cabs and not just a Cuban person giving us a ride. And then one time in Havana, we were talking to these people who were trying to get us to go into a back room and buy cigars. The cops rolled up and told them to stop talking to us and shoot them away. I think even when we walked home from the cave that night, we were our Airbnb host was really cool. He came out with his wife to the club with us. And so we all walked back home. And I feel like cops came and asked us where we were going. And they said that like we were headed mm-hmm. home. And so they kind of made sure that like we got home. But before you went home from the club, my favorite part that I remember hearing about was, didn't you dance with like a father and son duo, Zena? absolutely (laughs) did so let me tell you this guy this older guy comes up and he starts to dance with Isel and Isel was just like no (laughs) not having it so then he comes to me and I'm drunk and I'm having a good time and just I don't care who you are I'm gonna dance with you so I start to get down with this guy next thing I know there's a young guy on the (laughs) other side of me and I'm sandwiched between this older gentleman and this younger gentleman and the older gentleman looks at me and he says me hijo which in Spanish is my son and I was like Wow. So I look at Isel and I tell her, this is this man's son. And her jaw drops. And I know that that guy knows that what I just told Isel because he starts to nod enthusiastically. And I am just being sandwiched by this father and son duo. This is after I was dancing with a younger gentleman i was very cougar (laughs) in that moment he he came to me and i don't say no i'm dancing i'm dancing i'm dancing he was getting a little bit more frisky so i told him hey man you're a little bit young for me so he goes in to kiss my cheek and say that's fine okay fine but when he goes in to kiss my cheek he licks my cheek from the bottom of my jaw 
to the top of my sideburn line. Not that I have sideburns though. And (laughs) to be clear. And I was like, oh my goodness, this guy just licked me and I'm too drunk to care. (laughs) So later that night, I see Kim dancing with a guy and I'm thinking to myself, huh, that looks like the guy that licked my cheek, but I just don't know. So the next day to sober up, which we'll get to, we went to a beach and I made the comment to Kim that, oh, it seemed like that guy was really into you. And Kim said, yeah, he was cool until he licked my cheek. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, Kim, we got licked by the same same guy. Oh my God. And that's actually the second time my cheek's been licked at a nightclub. (laughs) So that was Disco Ayala. I mean, like, it just goes on forever. It was the best night. In fact, on the front page of our website, it asks for our favorite travel memory. And mine is listed as Disco Ayala. It was just, it's amazing. Yeah. And that was the only reason you guys went to Trinidad was to go to this cave bar. Absolutely. Well, uh, no judgments. Sounds fun. But totally, when Kim said it was her idea, it's clearly obvious that that was her idea on something that she would want to do. At first, when Kim told me that we were going to Trinidad, too, I was like, wait, so we're going to go to Cuba? And I thought we were going to like Trinidad and Tobago and then coming back to Cuba. And she's like, oh, no, it's a city in Cuba. And I was like, oh. That makes a lot more sense how we were going to take a bus there. Like. But once <laughs> once we knew we were going there for this epic cave party, then I started doing some research and we found a really cool beach called Playa and Con. And it was really, really beautiful the way the natural rocks formed out in the ocean made kind of like a swimming hole area. Yeah, it was area. almost like a... Kind of like when you're like down in the bay, basically how they have the wall to block like the waves, like a buoyed off area, basically like if you're in the ocean, they have like where kids can go out to kind of things like mm-hmm. that. Makes it really calm and it's you can like go out cove. there and swim. Like a natural beach break. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Right. Yeah. Probably like a couple hundred feet out. So we worked with our Airbnb host to get us a cab. And this one was actually very roomy and comfortable. Yes, it was. (laughs) And it was only a 15 minute ride. (laughs) And we arranged for him to take us there. And we were going to be there for like five hours and pick us up at this time. The Cuban people are so honest and trustworthy because I think we negotiated it for, let's say, 20 cooks. And when we got to the beach, he didn't take our money. Even though he tried to give it to us, he said, no, no, when I come back to pick you up, you can pay me then. And he comes back exactly five hours later because he asks, what time do you want me to pick you up? And we tell him and he will show up exactly on the dot. And that's when he takes the money, only when he picks you up and drops you off at your location. So very, very honest. We were out in the man-made pool. Kim and I were having a good time out there. And Kim looks at me and she says, hey, Zaina, look at that couple over there. I think they're having sex in the water. And I look over at the couple and you can totally tell that they are making their own waves. <laughs> oh, we're in a pool, so there should be no waves. I don't waves that day. <laughs> Got him. He's certainly rocking her boat. But I tell Kim, Kim, let's go swim by them. Let's make things really awkward. Of course, like I'm joking around and we didn't do that, but like (laughs) we're in Cuba, man. And one of my favorite things about that day was Kim bought a coconut to drink out of for five cooks. And I asked Kim, hey, can I take a sip of the coconut? I really want to try it. And she's like, oh, Zaina, you can have the coconut. I only bought it for a picture. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's a good picture. So that was pretty much Trinidad. Playa Ancon and Disco Ayala. And if there's anything I can say is that if you ever go to Cuba, go to Trinidad, go to Disco Ayala. It does not disappoint. And if you are going, hit us up and we will give you contact info for the Airbnb host that we stayed at. Highly recommend him. He was. He really made our trip in Trinidad really good. Oh, I thought you were going to give the number of the young buck who looked both of you. (laughs) (laughs) That's only if you give us a five-star review. (laughs) No, but it was just really cool because like I said, him and his wife took us out to the club and they didn't leave until we wanted to leave. They were totally protective of us all night. And in fact, the guy that licked Kim's face wanted to walk her home. And Kim was telling me that she's telling him no, but he wouldn't leave her alone. So I told our Airbnb host the situation and he nodded at me knowingly he had a chit chat with that young lad and (laughs) he said good night to Kim and he disappeared so I have no idea what our host told that guy but 
he took care of it. So after your beach day, you spent the night again mm -hmm. before you went back to Havana. Mm -hmm. We did. So we did the beach was the second day to nurse our hangover. And then the day after we went back to Havana. And was the taxi situation back to Havana better than the first? Yes. It was. And Jordan and I fought for a seat in the back seat. Did you have to negotiate with a local taxi or was it still the guy who brought you stayed and then went back or the, how did that our work? airbnb host helped us get another one back okay yeah that's a good question so the guy we negotiated the price in havana for a one-way trip to trinidad and then our airbnb host helped us negotiate a one-way fare back to havana Got it. Mm -hmm. and then we went back to havana we stayed in barrio china yeah they have a chinatown in Havana and it was so quaint and the best restaurant that we ate at was a Chinese food restaurant well, it said in chef, Barrio China. Remember when Jorge was telling us that the <laughs> that chef who owns that restaurant has a Michelin star restaurant? I believe I so. I just not not obviously that one. Because remember you said Anthony Bourdain had actually been to that yes, restaurant. Yes, he did say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that Chinese food was bomb. And Jorge was our waiter who we made friends with. And I didn't go out that night to party with him, but Kim and Jordan did. Shout out to Jordan for being the number one wingman. <laughs> yeah, he was. So from the restaurant, we walked back to our Airbnb. And the key that our Airbnb host gave us to get into the building did not work. He said that there were two. And both worked, but it looks like Isel and her sister is the one that had the key that worked. So it's about 11, 11.30 p.m. at night, and we're on the fourth floor of this building, and we're locked out, and we're drunk. So I start to scream for Isel at the top of my lungs, <laughs> hoping that she will hear us to come open the door, which she finally did. She came and she opened the door. And this Airbnb host was really an intense dude so we got to tell them that throughout this whole trip of planning i think i booked the first two airbnbs mom and dad you'll be proud of me because <laughs> i i booked the first one in vedado did you i did okay so you, you'll be semi proud of Zena, but a little disappointed <laughs> so <laughs> our first two airbnbs no problem rented the whole house out everything was good when we get back to havana we realized zena booked us two rooms in a bigger airbnb this is like my first time booking airbnb well it was so like it was the guy the apparently guy lived not there. because you booked a good room yeah so anyway no. we realized it and the guy would be fine if the guy was cool or didn't live there but he was always there very scary older gentleman who one day we were sitting there eating pizza terrible and, pizza and jordan's trying to fix the fan because it's really hot in there and <laughs> you kind of knock it down yeah well no remember i like so it's basically like a fan bolted into the wall and i'm trying to adjust it down so it's blowing on me and kim at like this little like backyard patio table that he has in the kitchen well as i reach up to like move the fan a little bit it just like makes this crazy noise and then stops working. And I like look at Kim and like she's like, oh, fuck my life. I'm dead. And then we both like turn over and the guy has like appeared out of nowhere. He's standing he's right staring behind us. us. And it's like, oh, shit. Arms like crossed. Stare. Like yeah. it's so bad. And the fan like broke. It was just like the plastic was so worn out. Just when I went to move it, it basically had moved off the last part of the thread. So it wasn't even user error. It was just like 30 years old. You know what I so mean? So anyway, we turn around. He's staring at a stone cold arms crossed. And I think you said something like, oh, it just broke. And he storms to his room, shuts the door. And Slams you can the door. hear the deadbolt locking. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. I thought we were dead at that point. What just happened? So also keep in mind that this is the day after Jordan and Kim went partying with Jorge. And Jorge and Kim had plans to meet up at the beach that day. But we slept in because we were pretty partied out. It was the end of the trip and we were getting tired. Yeah. And so because Kim didn't show up and we don't have like working phones or anything like that to get in contact with us, he came to the house to see Kim to make sure that she's okay. So we don't know that someone just rang the doorbell and the owner of the house answers the door. And he had already told us the rules were no breaking things and no guests. 
<laughs> he already broke one thing. And now there's a guest that we don't know about. And so he opens the door. We don't know this at this time. And all you hear him yell is, Jordan! <laughs> and I start to cry because... <laughs> because I'm like, oh my God, what's going to happen? It was such a scary way that he said Jordan's name. And Jordan stood up like a man one. confidence. <laughs> he just got up and walked to the host. Dana, have you gone on one vacation without crying? <laughs> no, I cry every single time. I was so scared. The way that he said Jordan's name, it was so scary. And Jordan already And if we like, were still at the table the eating fan. the pizza. It was right after the fan. We we're like, oh shit, what now? <laughs> exactly. So it's like, what's going to happen now? But it's like, you know, like when someone stands up with confidence and the chair just scoots back. <laughs> exactly. You know, like, like Jordan got up and he was like, all right, man, I'm going to go see what he wants. <laughs> and it was just Jorge. Well, that same guy too, the Airbnb host too. Remember, like halfway through our two days there, he never really like warmed up to any of the girls. But he like went from after I broke the fan to like being my best friend. Remember, he gave me those cigars. Like he wanted me to go on like the living room watch TV with him. He had like that little black and white TV and shit. It's like, dude, what? I'm not watching black and white TV in America, let alone in Cuba. (laughs) It was, it was was bizarre. bizarre. Very scary. So, pro tip: make sure to check whole house when you're getting your airbnb that sounds like a typical mistake zana would make (laughs) i mean it wasn't terrible i mean obviously it locks on our bedrooms yeah i mean the guy was a little uncomfortable at first i mean cheap i've been in worse places you know what i mean he's a guy that wants to make money but he's a guy that doesn't want to open his house yeah he wasn't like very receptive to people like but definitely like what kim said like it just getting the whole place to yourself definitely just more comfortable for sure and that was your last night well That is our last night, but not before we went out in style by going out to another bar and partying it up. We went to two tourist places that night, though, to end out our trip. One was this traditional show with, like, cannons and people dressed in, like, colonial outfits. It was the Castillo de San Carlos de la Cabana, and the cannons go off every night at 9 p.m., so we had to get a taxi to get there before 9 o'clock, and then they do an entire show, and then they light the cannon off. Mm -hmm. And there's tons of people playing music in colonial outfits that we were taking pictures with. It's a very touristy thing to do, lots of people. Mm -hmm. It gives you that nostalgia feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we closed out our trip with a Tropicana show in Havana. Yes, we did. And they gave us a free rum with our ticket purchase for the table. Bottle of rum. Mm-hmm. And how much does an, an entertainment show like that cost in Cuba? It was like $150. It was it 100 was, I think. I think it was 100 yeah. And it was the splurge that we did. I think we have mixed well, feelings on it. That's expensive. It was. Yes. I wasn't expecting anything to be that pricey. I know earlier Jordan was talking about some of the more expensive hotels in Havana, but I mean, for a show, I we mean, bought the ticket in a tourist book in a hotel in a, one of those fancy Every hotel hotels. Every hotel you walked into basically had a, all kinds of things, rides, tours, things like that. If you wanted to do the Tropicana show, is probably the most expensive thing that we did. I mean, granted, the taxi ride to Trinidad and back was more expensive, but, but that, that was, was split 200, five ways. That was 200 yeah. split five ways, right? And the yeah. Tropicana was like 100, I think it was like 100 or 105 a piece. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. So for the Tropicana, it was a splurge, but we're in Cuba, and how many times are we going to be in Cuba? So we did that. We got our free. And once again, this is another one of those scenarios where we got a car for all five of us, and it was negotiated for, let's say, 40 cooks. And when we got there, we tried to give them money and they said, no, what time do you want to be picked up? We said 1 a.m. And at 1 a.m. they showed up. And when Mm -hmm. they dropped us off, then they took the 40 cooks. And then we did party one more time. We went to a bar where we weren't allowed to take our purses in with us. So we're walking around Havana and it's kind of desolate. There's not really people out, which was unusual for Havana. We go to this one place. It does not look like a nightclub. It looks like a food place that not really anyone's in. Remember in like the front patio area didn't they serve food right there yeah so they They said the nightclubs in the back they were out they were out of food every restaurant was out of half the food so we're like really this is a nightclub okay i mean it's the only place open i think it was like five cook and we get two drinks with it too we got two drink tickets (laughs) but the weird thing was before you go in they said you can't take your purse or your phone and we're like what do you mean and the thing was you have to check your purse and your phone and everything so we're like what the fuck and I was nervous because I think my passport was in my purse, but 
the pursuit of alcohol was stronger than the safety of my passport. So okay, I checked yeah. my purse and I got my two free drinks. We open up the doors to go back there and it's like people are everywhere. Lights going, reggaeton. Anyway, it was like a crazy nightclub in there just beyond these doors. It was packed in there. It was tight. It was dark. It was a lot of people partying. But you know what was funny is I feel like we were so close to being out of money at this point. So we had to pool our money together to go in to pay for the cover charge and then make sure that we still had enough for our taxi to the airport the next like day. That. Yeah, I mean, that was the problem was like definitely with the money getting tight and not having the accessibility to any other money. So before we wrap it up, I just want to know what surprised you guys most about Cuba. The food quality. Terrible. That was one of the big ones. My most surprising thing, I think, was just how different it is with the people being so nice and friendly and like everyone wants to talk to you and hang out and it's just very social and drinking everywhere and definitely no wasn't expecting that towards, towards american people yeah they're the most happiest people the other thing is that jordan has a beard and to them him having the beard reminds them of fidel castro and so <laughs> everywhere we went they would look at jordan and say fidel fidel and grab also, his beard that, that was another weird thing also the appreciation and respect that they have for fidel castro yeah, because they treated us like they, for the most part, looked at them as prominent figures that they respected. Mm-hmm. And because Jordan's beard reminded them of Fidel, they treated us like celebrities. So <laughs> you notice a huge difference in the way that you're treated when you're with Jordan versus when Jordan wasn't with you. Well, it overall sounds like a really great trip you guys had. It was amazing. I have one general question. So I know you said the Tropicana show was the most expensive thing, but as a whole, you would say Cuba overall was very inexpensive. Like Mm -hmm. what was the cost for your Airbnbs? Airbnbs were cheap. They were less than 50 bucks each, I would say around that. Yeah, you're saying for the whole cost of the room. Yeah, per night, split between five people. And then I only brought, I think, $700 spending money for the week. And that's all I spent because that's all you can get out. I think I, yeah, because I think I had six or seven hundred that I converted to pounds, and then it was like just lower than that when I converted to the CUC when mm-hmm. we got to Cuba. And then the flight was, I want to say, less than four hundred. I took five hundred dollars with me and spent every single dollar. But I would say overall, from San Diego to Fort Lauderdale to Cuba, and a week in Cuba, less than a thousand. Not bad. Yeah, it was awesome, and that includes. Unlimited beverages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, clearly I paid for them, but they certainly felt like they were bottomless. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an awesome trip. Yeah. So awesome. thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thank on our you. Trip to Cuba. Thank you, Jordan. Thank, thank you, Jordan. Jordan, for coming on the trip and the podcast. You've definitely given this episode a lot more character. You can come back <laughs> anytime. <laughs> Please subscribe to our podcast, guys. Leave a review. Tell us what you'd like and tune in every Travel Tuesday as always, for new episodes. And if you aren't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Travel Squad Podcast. Make sure to pack your bags and your cars because next week we are going on a road trip exploring the American Southwest. Yeah! Gracias por escuchar. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.